Hey there, Grey Beardians. It's official. I'm going to call my audience, my listeners, Grey Beardians. I think that's the easiest, the nicest, and uh, I wanted to give you all a special moniker as a thank you. I'm excited to see the views growing, uh, the growth in the podcast. It's really wonderful, so thank you so much. Keep sharing, keep passing this around, tell your classmates, tell your professors, uh, tell your colleagues. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, if you want to reach out and get in touch with me, you can do so at cybergraybeard.com with the contact button, or if you want to do it more directly, you can just send me an email at cybergraybeard at gmail.com. I did want to point out that it's cybergraybeard.com uh, and at the gmail.com because cybersecurity graybeard is just too much to type, and so I kind of uh, shrunk it down a little bit to make it a little bit easier for everybody. The last episode I talked about about privacy it was pretty personal. I find it extremely interesting and vitally important, uh, so much so that I'm going to go ahead and do another one and in that, I'm going to talk about Siri, Apple, uh, encryption. I'm going to give more examples about Ring and why I think it's just a terrible, terrible violation of privacy. Uh, and I'll give some other interesting stories. I read, uh, I'm reading Hacker in the State by Ben Buchanan, and there's some fascinating stories in there, particular, really a chapter about Juniper and some uh, backdoor hacks or backdoors to hacking on the encryption that was put into place, and some believe it was intentional. So I will talk a little bit about that. So look for that later this fall. Uh, today I'm going to go ahead and talk about an area that I've spent a lot of time in with work and I kind of try and stay away from it actually, uh, and that's governance and compliance. I like the governments. I actually uh, specifically look for jobs as a technical account manager. I enjoy that. It's client-facing and I'll, I'll talk a bit more about the jobs involving governance and then I'll get into compliance. And compliance is very interesting and very critical and I find it interesting because a lot in line with governance, compliance does not require individuals to be hyper technical. Uh, I fear uh, from the emails that I get and the conversations that I have, people seem to think that cybersecurity is a job where you have to know how to beat on a keyboard. You need to go into Linux and get in a command line and, and know what Nmap is and where all the switches are and how to use Wireshark. And that's just not the case. So few people actually in cybersecurity do that. Uh, I work at a practice and there's about 60 of us in the practice. It's broken out, I think, probably 45 on the business side for consultancy and 15 on the technical side. The technical guys are deep. They really, I mean, they'll get in and install and they'll modify scripts using VI Editor. And the other 45 are consultants talking about processes and technology and helping organizations. And I'll talk about that in, in, in the future. For now, I wanted to focus on governance and compliance. And both of these are professions in and of themselves, and actually numerous professions. There's a number of, of fields that I'll talk about here momentarily in governance specifically. It's open to most people. Uh, compliance is a bit more specialized. I think it takes a more methodical and investigative mind to excel in auditing. And when I, I get to that uh, down the road here shortly, I'll, I'll go into details to why. Uh, compliance is a great example of a cybersecurity job that crosses other professions, primarily accounting and finance. So anyone that's in a business program that's listening to this and wants to get into cybersecurity but you don't want to be on the keyboard, don't worry about it. If you're in accounting, you know what I'm talking about when I say auditing and compliance and gap with the generally acceptable accounting principles. We have the same thing over here in cybersecurity. There's some regulations even that are the same. <clears throat> Sarbanes-Oxley in particular. So... <clears throat> Excuse me. So just because you're studying accounting or finance and you want to get into cyber, do it. Go be in compliance. And, and I'm going to give you some really good uh, uh, information on that to help you. Before I get to the accountants and the financiers, though, let's go ahead and talk about governance. It's a bit simpler to understand and to get into. Governance is dealing with account management at the core. It involves the processes, the contracts, 
the service level agreements or SLAs. It involves key performance indicators or KPIs, reporting and communicating. Professionals that are dealing with the compliance, I'm sorry, that are dealing with the governance, directly client facing. And same with compliance. I mean, these are all client facing jobs. Uh, the governance, though, they have to deal with the difficult conversations. Uh, when you're dealing with governance, you can have problems with money. The client hasn't paid, or the client thinks you're charging them too much, or the client wants out of the contract, or you didn't make your SLA and they want money back. But there's a stipulation in the contract that says you don't need to pay them, you just have to extend the contract. Well, if you're not meeting your SLAs, the customer may not want that. And then when they go back and potentially you have to get the lawyers involved and then it gets really nasty. And this is where you need to have a professional that really understands interpersonal communications, dealing with a difficult conversation, dealing with difficult people, dealing with upset customers. When you have a breach, when liability is involved, all those types of things fall under governance. People that do governance are going to be project managers. You could have security account managers, technical account managers, partners and associate partners, and other jobs that are going to engage directly with the client at the business level. Some of these titles are industry standard and some companies may have their own. So don't just be beholden to these titles that I'm telling you. Client relationship manager is another one. The word executive is thrown all over the place now. So some of these governance jobs may have executive titles. Uh, and again, most governance employees don't need to be very technical. You don't need to understand why the SLA was breached because you have teams on the back end that explain that. So let's say you had a, a new virus came out and the whole organization was inundated and you missed your SLAs and you need to understand how many times the virus hit the client and why it hit so many and why their endpoint protection didn't fix it. You as the governance person, as the project manager or as the account manager or the partner or associate partner, go talk to your guys in the NOC or the SOC and get that data. You don't have to worry about it yourself. So a little bit more detail on these jobs. A project manager, this is the individual that's going to oversee the timeline, the staff and the budget at your company and align with the completion deadline. So for example, I was deploying a SIM at a hospital and we had uh, 400 hours. It was me and another person and the project manager was involved and he would come back and say, okay, Greybeard, how many hours have you used? How many hours has your colleague used? How much time is left on the project? Are you going to be able to come in on time and at budget or under budget? And then if we start to drag out because the client's not responding or we need additional meetings or the VPN wasn't set up on time or for whatever reason, the project manager needs to then go back and handle that with the customer. Uh, the technical account manager. This is a more technical employee. This is a role that's specific to certain firms and fields, such as a cloud or if you're an MSSP, a managed security services provider, and other agreements that have complex technical engagements. So this is a good field. And as I said, this is something that I personally have looked at is when I can bridge my technical ability and my governance ability and put it all into one. And that's a technical account manager. Then you can have a partners and associate partners. These guys really are more on the selling side and or the executive leadership side. So when there's really bad things have occurred, they're the ones brought in. If you have an escalation that's involving a partner or an associate partner at a governance level, that means that you have a pretty nasty situation. So that's a bit about governance and a few of the jobs that are associated with it. And fundamentally, governance are individuals that know the business know the people and that can get involved at that level and utilize technologists on the back end as necessary. So moving into compliance, this could be an episode on its own and it could be a long episode. I could probably do an entire half an hour if I wanted to on HIPAA. I don't want to. 
I don't uh, do compliance too much. I, I applaud those that do, and, uh, and I, I look forward to conversations periodically about it. I will say this, though, the reason I'm covering it, we all in cybersecurity need to know about compliance. If you're working in cybersecurity, you have to know what HIPAA is. You have to know what Sarbanes-Oxley is. And with things changing so rapidly, especially with the GDPR and CCPA, we all need to understand that. So firms in certain industries, healthcare and finance in particular, they have regulations that they need to abide to. Auditors are going to go into the companies and organizations and they're going to review the policies and procedures. Then they're going to compare those to the requirements and assess the situation. So an auditor goes to a company to determine if they are compliant with the regulation. Government auditors have an ability to fine organizations. So government auditors go in and they're the regulators. I mean, they could be considered a tax man, if you will. They may go into an organization or they do go into an organization. I'm going to give a few stories here shortly about fines that have been levied out because people were not compliant with the requirements of the regulations. So government auditors, if that's something that you want to do, you go on the government side and that's kind of where you're the policeman or you could be on the defensive side in the private sector, which is really what I've done, and that is ensure that your companies are compliant so you do not get hit with any of these fines. So there's finance and accounting auditors that I talked about. They go over money and they deal with how companies are keeping their books. Are they being honest with the, the, the public? Are they disclosing the necessary information to the SEC? Well, cybersecurity auditors do the same thing, but they do it around security capabilities, such as remote access, encryption, storage, data classification, data access, authorization, and so many other areas. Compliance ties into privacy as well, and seeing GDPR and CCPA that I'm about to talk about shows that, and it'll only increase, and I will mention that here. So, the examples, Sarbanes-Oxley, it's known as SOX, S-O-X. This is about financials, and this is really where the accountants are going to um, lie and lay, and that's, they're going to deal with that on the finance side. However, Sarbanes-Oxley does have some requirements about data storage and data access. Therefore, there is an overlap. So when you're implementing a, a solution, a database, if you will, you need to make sure that you're setting it up for only the necessary people can access it and only certain people can make modifications to protect the integrity of the data. So that's where the Sarbanes-Oxley comes in. And that's on the financial services. So <clears throat> if you're dealing with banks or credit unions or insurance companies, they're going to be the ones that are heavily regulated by Sarbanes-Oxley. Likewise, you have PCI DSS, which is the Payment Card Industry Data Security Standards. And that is about any organization that's taking a credit card. So whether you're dealing online or in person, those companies and the applications that they're using need to abide by certain standards. For example, they need to be encrypted. When I go into Kohl's and I use my credit card, I want to make sure that the POS, the point of sale that they're using, is utilizing encryption in that data transmission. So there are certain types of capabilities that need to be uh, implemented for PCI DSS compliance, and that is what the technical people do, and the auditors are going to go in and say, hey, what are your applications that are touching the credit cards, and are they PCI DSS compliant? So those are two main ones on the financial services and the retail side. Um, and then you get into HIPAA. And actually, I say financial services and retail. The truth is anybody that's going to take a credit card, so you go to the hospital, you pay the credit card, they're going to need PCI DSS as well. So moving into HIPAA, H-I-P-A-A. -A. It's not HIPPO, H-I-P-A-A, -A, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. 
This came out in the United States in 1996, and the idea behind it was to give patients more control over their privacy and their records and allowing them to take that information to other doctors and not have the medical professionals, uh, the hospitals, or whomever own your records. Now, you own them, and you decide what is said to who. HIPAA is very detailed, very complicated. I'm not going to get too much into it. Just rest assured, whenever you're dealing with healthcare, you're signing a HIPAA form, and it's really about you acknowledging their privacy requirements and your rights as a patient. What we need to know in cybersecurity when we're dealing with covered entities, either the healthcare providers or their business associates that have signed a BAA, a business associate agreement, we need to make sure that they are compliant. So we have to put in the necessary tools and the auditors are going to go through and make sure that it's all aligned and then they're going to assess it and then they're going to provide gap analysis and then as the technical professionals, we would then have to go in and help them modify processes, change their applications, or sometimes even update code to make sure that they're aligned with HIPAA. HIPAA is very closely tied to privacy and the fines that go out are usually because there's a data breach and records are lost and that is when the organizations are fined. The last two I want to talk about, I'm going to kind of group them together. One is GDPR, which is the European Union's General Data Protection Regulation, and CCPA, which is the California Consumer Privacy Act. Both of those really involve us, the consumer. What information is being given out? I'll give you a very brief example. GDPR did a really nice thing in the fact that normally when you go to a website or you go to a business and you give them your phone number or your email, they automatically signed you up to receive notifications and advertisements. GDPR flipped that on its head and said, no, 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 no. Everybody is opted out by default. They have to choose to opt in. CCPA does the same thing. So if you are a, a consultant or a cybersecurity professional involved with clients that are running GDPR and CCPA, then you need to make sure that that one simple piece, that is what an auditor will do. They'll go to the webpage, sign up, and see is that check mark on or off, are they compliant or not? So these are some of the compliance, uh, I'm sorry, some of the regulations that we need to be familiar with. And again, everybody in the profession needs to be familiar with the regulations and the basic concepts of them, but we don't all have to know the details and the nitty gritty and, you know, what are the top 100 benchmarks and controls. That's for the compliance people and the auditors. If this is of interest to you, then that would certainly be a profession to look at. I do know quite a bit about it and uh, you can reach out and ask specific questions if you want. I'm going to give um, a couple of examples, and really there's websites that I'm putting in my comments here for reference. Uh, there was a Tennessee Diagnostic Medical Imaging Service company that was hit with a $3 million fine in 2019. They had a data breach, and people uh, lost the personal information, and the government came in and said, you know what, you violated HIPAA, boom, $3 million. With GDPR, I'm going to put up another uh, website, which is the enforcement tracker, and the fines can be really steep. You're talking about 10 million euro or up to 2% of global turnover, whichever is higher. They say global turnover. I think they're talking about global revenue. When we talk about the EU regulations with GDPR, it is a bit more... Um, it's, a it's a bit different for us in the United States. But anyway, we need to know about it because if our clients touch the European Union or any member state or if they touch California, even if we don't live in those locations, we need to be very well aware of it. So that's pretty much it. There's a lot more to both governance and compliance aspects in cybersecurity. It's a good primer though, if I do say so myself. Uh, realize that cybersecurity is not just about beating on a keyboard. It's not just about Linux or Windows or getting in there and looking for hacks or protecting against hacks. There are a number of professions in this field that do not require deep expertise 
and I hope that this 15-minute uh, discussion really helps you understand that. Both of these are great professions, and they are uh, fun to work with in the cybersecurity field, so take a look if it's of interest to you. Thanks, and have a great day.